G'day, I'm Jason Wyatt, and this week on History Makers, we're having a chat with Ravi Zacharias. Ravi is a well-known and respected speaker who's travelled the world over, sharing with everyone from university students and children to world leaders. He has a string of books, from some pretty heavy theological books to children's books. Plus, he hosts a weekly radio show as well. Ravi, thanks for your time and welcome. Jason, great to be with you. Great to be here in Australia. Thank you. Excellent. You were born in India. You moved to Canada. Can you share with us your upbringing and, and where you're from? Yeah, originally, Jason, born in the southern part of India, the city of Madras, which is now called Chennai, mm-hmm. and uh, raised in Delhi. So I'm really a Delhiite uh, till I was 20 years old. Uh, went to do my high school there in the beginning of my university studies there. My father moved to Canada when I was 20, lived in Toronto for 10 years, and then uh, after that uh, moved to the United States. So I've really been uh, split up there for some time now, did some of my undergraduate in theology and uh, uh, philosophy work in uh, Canada and then the United States and then in Cambridge. Uh, but Atlanta, Georgia is my home now, married <laughs> with three children, and that's where we've lived for the last 20 years. Excellent. Now, tell us a little bit about your ministry and and how you got started on this path that you're traveling now. Yeah, I originally moved to Canada, interestingly, interestingly enough, to pursue a, a business career. Okay. That was my goal, and I was actually in the thick of it, and we even began working there. But, you know, my, I had uh, become a recent follower of Jesus Christ when I got there. And the more I pondered and the more I studied, the more I wanted my life to be doing something else. And uh, that's when I went into my uh, undergraduate work in theology and philosophy of religion. Uh, and uh, after I graduated, uh, began to speak, preach in many parts of the world. And also start to think then deeply of the questions that people were asking and raising, questions that I had as well. India is a philosophical culture. I said, I need to do more work because I want to get to the issues that people are raising, not just come up with my thoughts. Uh, went on to do my graduate work at that point in Chicago. Uh, and uh, the more I delved into it, the deeper I was getting and the more fulfilled my life was getting to. Uh, then I worked for the, an organization of my denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. I'm still licensed and ordained by them uh, and taught in New York for three years, mm-hmm. uh, chaired the Department of uh, Christianity and Contemporary Thought. And in 1984, uh, began my own organization based in Atlanta, Georgia. And now we're in six countries uh, with a team of apologists, about 100 plus on our team uh, all over. Uh, It really is presenting the answers of Jesus Christ to the questions that people raise within the context of their own culture and their own thinking. Uh, we call we call it apologetics, which is giving an answer to people's questions. It is evangelism undergirded by apologetics. That's what we're all about. And now in this structure, at least for 20 years. Excellent. Now, you travel all over the world as a speaker and, and you're invited to many big places and quite impressive places, yet often you'll choose to talk in relatively small groups at universities. Why is that that you like to talk to the smaller groups Uh, of people? I've, I've, you know, over 30 years I've crisscrossed this globe, Jason. It's been about 60 countries now. Absolutely incredible. Sometimes (laughs) I chuckle at it because when I was a teenager, my mother invited a palmist, uh, an astrologer, to the house to talk to us kids and read our palms and tell us our future. (laughs) And when my palm was being read, he just kept shaking his head in disbelief. I said, oh, brother, here it comes, you know. So I said, what is it? He 
said, uh, you're not going to lead a very exciting life. You're not going to travel at all. <laughs> this is true. It's a true story. And I've often said, boy, I sure hope he has gone into weather reporting or something now <laughs> where you can be so wrong to the wrong weather and still uh, keep a straight face the next day. Uh, that's what he said. But after uh, traveling through this globe, I have enjoyed the variety of cultures, mm -hmm. the variety of countries, the variety of settings. If you only stay with one, you get into a rut. Mm. That's why I've written books for philosophers and books for children. Mm. I uh, my latest book, uh, which is my own spiritual pilgrimage, is called Walking from East to West, God in the Shadows. I've done the large universities. Actually, I'm a lecturer at Oxford. I mm -hmm. lecture there twice a year on mm -hmm. a regular basis. Uh, and in many of the other uh, well-known universities, there's something about smaller cities, smaller colleges, smaller institutions that has students that are as bright. Mm. And uh, it's just wonderful to get your mind immersed in, in a variety of settings. I love it. And you know what? I always want to work with youth. They keep you honest. They keep you on your toes. And they keep you in their context so that you don't get removed from uh, from them and just live in an ivory tower all your own. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, we work actually in four arenas, mm -hmm. uh, the academic, yes. the business, the political and the arts, because yeah. these are the arenas that shape a culture. Now, I was going to ask a question about funny stories from any of the places you've spoken over the years. You've just given us one funny story. Yeah. Is there any other funny stories? Yeah, well, we have so many, uh, so many experiences right off the bat. Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to recount some, but um, uh, I do recall once uh, when I was at the University of the Philippines in Manila, mm -hmm. a student quite outraged about my talk, Man's Search for Meaning, stood up and just shouted back at me. You know, he said, uh, you know everything in life is meaningless. He said, you know that. He said, everything in life is meaningless. I said, you don't believe it. He said, yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. He said, yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. He said, who are you to tell me I don't? I said, say it again. He said, everything in life is meaningless. I said, you don't believe that. He said, yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. He said, I do. So I said, all right, pause for a moment. I said, I'm assuming that you're assuming that what you just said was meaningful. Is that right? <laughs> and he, say, he paused. I said, if what you just said was meaningful, then everything is not meaningless. <laughs> On the other hand, if everything is meaningless, what you just said was meaningless too. In effect, you've really said nothing. I said, you should be comfortably seated down now. He paused. And he just knew he trapped himself. And, you know, the funny thing about that, Jason, is while I was walking out, the real humorous part began because I was walking out and I saw him pacing the floor at the corner, muttering the words to himself. If everything is meaningless, then what I just said was meaningless. <laughs> Do you know, he came to a public service that night. And at the invitation to follow Christ, he was the first one to walk forward. It is a remarkable thing how in a, even in a humorous little moment, we trap ourselves and sense here what God is really mm. saying to us. But many, many stories uh, that are actually happening in our lives as we travel. Some are funny. Not all are funny. Mm, Some are pretty nerve-wracking. But after having done it for so many years, I'm just grateful to the Lord that I'm still on my feet and still doing it. So how do you juggle the speaking schedule and, and your family life? Been the toughest of all responsibilities, a dad of four, a dad of three. Uh, that's why I don't take my bookings. My wife does. Even <laughs> though I have a full staff of 45 working with me in Atlanta, Georgia, where we are headquartered, the commitments to speak anywhere are taken by my wife. She makes the final decision and she works with a small committee around her so that uh, – 
when I'm somewhere, it's because she sent me there. You know, <laughs> if I'm on the road too much, I have to start worrying about it. Why is she telling me to go so often? But on a serious note, that's been a good balance. You know, it's the old issue of two brothers choosing who's going to cut the cake, you know, and who's going to decide. Well, A cuts the two portions and B gets first choice. Mm-hmm. So she sort of makes the choice for me to go out amid all the invitations. Yes, she'll talk to me about it. Uh, but it's been tough because I've been an itinerant now for 30-some years. Mm-hmm. I've missed the family. Uh, I try to be in, – in most instances, I'll never be gone more than one week, maximum two. When I'm gone more than that, either one of the kids or my wife will join me somewhere on that journey so that I'm not alone for that long. And I don't travel alone. I travel with a full-time associate. So I have that accountability. So any of your family traveling with you through Australia? Yes, indeed. Right now, uh, one of those wonderful moments where I have my wife and my son, Nathan. Nathan's 25. He works in Colorado Springs for Focus on the Family. He's a great guy with a great sense of humor. So it's always fun to have him. And Margie, of course, uh, Margie and I have been married for 34 years. She's awesome. from Canada and she's very, very uh, wonderful to have with because Margie is a great reader. For every one book I have read, she's probably read a dozen. <laughs> and so she just uh, sharpens my thinking when I talk on issues. Uh, well, wonderful to have her. Awesome. Awesome. Now, tell me about your involvement with, with your home church. Well, you know, that has been the hazard mm. uh, when I, I, do, I do attend a, a church when I'm in, in the city uh, and I go there as often as I can. But I've, I always tell the pastor when I join, I said, I'm going to be a bad member of this church. <laughs> I said, for a couple of reasons. I said, number one, when I come here, I'm coming to be ministered to. If you don't mind, I said, because I'm giving, 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 I come back dry and empty. Please don't ask me to do too much. I come needy and I want to be taught. I want to be ministered to. I want to worship. I said, secondly, I don't want to get involved at board levels and all. It becomes a bit of a uh, threatening situation to some because of the experiences I might bring from an international scene. It might become overloaded in the direction of my vision of the world rather than the vision of your parishioners from right here. So we do that. I belong to the Christian and Missionary Alliance. When we moved our home some time ago, I could not attend a CNMA church, so I'm now attending a United Methodist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. We've talked about books and your wife reading more than you. Mm-hmm. What about some of your favorite books? I go more by authors yeah. than by okay. books themselves because I'm really a tracker of thought. And uh, I like to th- listen to a person who, th- who thinks in a certain way and uh, – That does not mean it has to be in my way of thinking. I just want to follow the trail of a person's thought. Some of my favorite writers have been English writers, G.K. Chesterton, C.S. Lewis, Malcolm Muggeridge, Mm -hmm. F.W. Borum, great writers, and they are brilliant users of the language. One of the tragedies of our time, the death of language. You know, it's what Jacques Ellul would have called the humiliation of the word. Uh, That's why, to be honest with you, by the way, I prefer radio to television. Mm -hmm. Uh, Television of necessity uses an image. Uh, Radio, the imagination is left with the listener. Pictures of the mind. Exactly. Uh, so it's uh, reading. I do an awful lot. And then, of course, great writers in on spiritual themes too. People like G. Campbell Morgan, Peter Taylor Forsyth, uh, James Montgomery Boyce, R.C. Sproul. Uh, I read a lot of the writers uh, who write, I think, in a, in a, in a classic sense, uh, John Piper. I enjoy those kinds of writers who are going deep 
and taking me deeper with them. That's what I want to do. Awesome. Awesome. Now, do you have any mentors, role models that have made a huge impact on your life? Yes. I think uh, one of the mentors I had in his writing has passed away now. Leonard Ravenhill, a great revivalist writer, has passed away for some years. He mentored me a lot through his books. I have close friends who I think I hold myself as one who would like to emulate some of their uh, characteristics and their lifestyles. I love Joe Stoll in the United States. Joe and I are very good friends. I look at his life, look at how he does things. And uh, we, you know, the truth of the matter is, Jason, as an itinerant, you're never, <laughs> your feet are never planted yeah. in the same place for a long time. So uh, they do it through their books. They do it over the telephone as we chat. My biggest friend and my best friend is my wife. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Awesome. You know, uh, because uh, she is the one I spend most of my time with when I go back. And Margie is a good voice for checks and balances and keeps me hopefully on the straight and narrow on most issues, middle of the road. If I say something that's not clear, she'll tell me. I don't understand it. And if I don't, chances are there are many others in the audience who don't. Mm-hmm. She edits all my books. All of my books have been edited by her. And uh, she'll make it uh, more uh, in the in the reachable shelf zone. So should we get muggy in here now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get a balanced picture, I'm afraid, yes. <laughs> so what are the plans for Ravi Zacharias in the future? I am so fulfilled in my life at this point and where God has placed me that it's been like a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I put it down in the book, finally, Walking from East to West, my most recent book. Uh, God took me out of a bed of suicide when I was 17, trying to finish it all, hopeless, meaningless, life was mine, and he rescued me. Today, he's given me so much. I was born in a tiny little home in Madras. When I took my children there, we couldn't go and knock on the door because there were two or three buffaloes parked on the front step of that house. Two gutters go along that tiny road. Cars couldn't go there. They were so narrow. Uh, When I was in Delhi growing up in school, my father saw me as a complete failure, and I was. He told me, you're going to make nothing of your life. You're going to make the family ashamed of you. It looked that way. He was right in his analysis. God rescued me. And today, I find myself privileged to address needy young people. Many young people will tell you they're on the verge of ending it all when they heard a tape or read a book and their life was transformed. I've had the privilege of addressing heads of state, UN General Assemblies, mm. two years in three year, two out of three years. Uh, wonderful opportunity to speak at the finest universities of the globe. I love writing. I hope to write a lot more. And uh, as long as God gives me strength, I'd love to keep speaking. But I think what I'd really like to do now, Jason, is spend more time mentoring. Uh, we need some fine young voices there, young men and women, gifted minds. And if there's any value that I have to impart, I will so that they can add theirs to it and be doubly sharp in what they are doing. So I'm mentoring a, t- a young team now. Most of my team are in their 20s. And uh, it is wonderful to have Michael Ramsden in Oxford, brilliant. He's 30-some, 33. Joe Boot is 29. Amy Orr Ewing is 28 or 29. These are some of the finest young apologists in our world today, way ahead of where I was at their stage. So mentoring is is part of the big picture for me now. Awesome. Ravi Zacharias, thank you so much for being part of History Makers. Well, thank you, Jason, and thank you for having me. Lovely to be with you all, and my gratitude to all who work on the radio station behind the scenes for us. We are privileged to be part of this team, too. 
Thank you so much for joining us at History Makers. For more information, you can go to historymakersradio.com. You can download any of our interviews and also an opportunity for you to make a donation. History Makers is brought to you by newhopeaustralia.org.au. History Makers.